Welcome to the Insight Through Experience podcast, a podcast created to provide information about what life is like inside the most specialized special tactics organization in the U.S. Air Force. In these episodes, we'll be bringing you the experiences from many of our experts, ranging from our human performance optimization staff, our combat mission supporters, as well as our special warfare operators. Our main objective with these podcasts are to provide the listener with a unique look inside our culture of excellence in hopes that you will make the 724 a future career goal. Now sit back, relax, take some notes, prepare to hear from some of the Air Force's finest. Thank you for joining us on the Insight Through Experience podcast. All right, everybody, welcome back to the Insight Through Experience podcast. We have another special episode this week where we are interviewing four candidates that just finished operator selection less than 36 hours ago. They're coming on here to share their experience as they move through the process. Luckily, these four guys were selected, so that's the good news story out of all of this. But ultimately, what I hope the audience will take away from this is listen to the experience that they had, the growth that they achieved, and how every single operator that comes through this process leaves a better operator and a better human. So enough of the intro, let's get into it. The interview with these four operators. Welcome to the Insight Through Experience podcast. Thanks for joining us. All right, guys, welcome to the podcast. Uh, man, it is my pleasure to have you guys here, and I appreciate you taking the time out, and I know you're tired, so um, it doesn't go unnoticed that you volunteered to do this, so I appreciate it. Hey, sir, it's Charlie here too. I'm just really excited to be here to give back. I uh, used the podcast quite a bit before in preparation for the uh, for the event, so thanks for the chance to come over. Hey, this is Charlie15. I also appreciate it, and I'm excited to see how this goes. Charlie23, <clears throat> again, just reiterate the same thing. <laughs> I uh, appreciate the opportunity uh, to talk about what we learned here. Uh, Charlie four seven, uh, yeah, again, uh, super humbling to be on here, and glad uh, glad we can give back to to the experience, and hopefully it'll help some some other people. Just to frame it for the audience too, these guys haven't seen their scores or anything, and they're not going to get the feedback till they come through OTC. But um, I picked these four guys because they scored very well um, throughout selection, so. The data that you get here should be good because these guys, I don't want to say figured it out. That's a strong term in an environment like this, but they did very well as they came through the event. So guys, starting with that, 02, um, if you could just explain how recovery's been since the end of Xville. So mostly my feet were sore after Xville. I mean, obviously my whole body hurt like uh, like most guys, but my feet and my forearms are probably the worst off overall. Um, that pavement really kind of beat them up. But uh, where we're staying right now, there's a pool at, so I've been able to do a bit of water work and just get in the water, swim around, and, and tread a little bit to kind of kick out that lactic acid. Uh, additionally, that that uh, half-hour stretch and recovery session with the HP staff from the 724 was fantastic. I know a lot of guys like actually could walk after uh, after seeing them, so that was a good a good bonus for us. Zero two is just saying the HP recovery staff. I was one of those guys who wasn't able to walk until they worked with us, but. The day, the morning after we got done with Xville, my feet hurt, my traps hurt, my lower back was locked up, but I've been recovering faster than I thought it would take me. Just been eating a lot, stretching a lot, and drinking a lot. So on the up and up. Yeah, Charlie23, the active recovery definitely helped kind of break up that lactic acid. However, I did notice that recovery was a little bit more interesting. You know, you're going to try to prioritize your sleep. However, the first two nights after getting back, I would say that my sleep quality wasn't where I expected it to be with the sleep deprivation. Um, you know, you think you're just going to get this amazing night's sleep, um, but your body's still stressed and taxed. Um, and then, you know, like setting your priorities for, uh, you know, we made it through there and then how do I heal back and get back on it? Yeah, Charlie 4-3 or correction, Charlie 4-7. Um, yeah, my recovery has been been pretty good just been trying to get some sleep when able and I, I know i had an injury going through the last part of field phase so i've been trying to take care of that and and i've been trying to get in the hot tub and and work it out and just just generally bring the swelling down and all that but uh yeah overall recovering pretty well overall through the whole body awesome i just want to throw out there for the audience too that charlie two three this is his second time through ans and i don't say that to um, poke at him i say that to listen to his experience because he's been through this twice and kind of two different models that he came through but um that's why i invited him here specifically because it's good to get that um that con contrast between his two selections good folks uh, i appreciate those answers um how are you mentally processing it so now that it's all over uh you just heard two three talking about a little bit of sleep 
problems, but how are you processing it as you look back and you are um, reflecting on the experience? Charlie, there are two here. I think between the sleep depth and having just a completely fogged out brain for the past 48, 72 hours, and also the fact that there's so much packed into such a short period of time that uh, it's tough to process by yourself. Um, and being an extrovert, I really pushed out to the other guys. And we've talked a lot in just generally unstructured environments and unstructured conversation uh, to kind of get holistic perspective of the of all the events, basically, and see what other guys were able to to see from a different perspective that I completely missed inside my own pain cave. So talking with the other guys has really helped me understand what um, what went on and then kind of debrief and download more or less the uh, the critical takeaways, I think, that'll help us all in the future. All the feedback as you go through and everybody, including your teammates and the instructors telling you what they see about yourself, what you struggle with and stuff like that. Like I learned a ton about myself. Some of it was a confirmation of things I've already knew or believed. But now that my brain's not as fogged and I've been able to sleep and eat and like lay in bed and think about it, I've been trying to process it and break it apart and see what I want to take home from it what I don't think I should take home from it. And if it strongly confirms or like barely confirms what I've already believed. And once I figure it all out, I'm hoping to grow a lot from the experience and be able to use that information to get to OTC. Yeah, and Charlie, two, three, <clears throat> I think naturally we mentally try to compare and gauge things to our hardest experiences. And then, you know, the night before you end, it's kind of hard to get your thoughts together. But just going back and chronologically looking at the phases of selection, um, the strengths and weaknesses that were exposed, the notes that you were able to take, um, and then how how am I going to grow from those? Taking that that peer feedback and and apply it now that I'm I'm rested and I can think straight. Yeah, Charlie four seven. Uh, I've been trying to break it down, trying to look back about the whole experience and and realize that it was it was a crazy time with some really amazing people and uh, trying to get the feedback that I got from those from those amazing guys that were here and and from the cadre and then again figuring out what, what was positive, what was negative, and then how I can improve from there and just, just overall reflecting on the whole thing in a sort of chronological order. Yeah, awesome. I appreciate those answers. One five, we're going to start with you on this one. So what parts of the experience did you personally value and why? One aspect of it that I really valued is meeting and making new friends and actually going through an experience where you can see that person's true side. Like once you get that tired, that beat down, like you're going to truly know what a person is made of and who that person is. And that's one thing that I really valued, like people that I came through, I came through with a lot of teammates from the two one. And like, I could see that they were true teammates and they were true friends. And it was awesome to see them in that environment, even on deployment. Like, I don't think you get to see as clear of a picture as a person as you do during this experience. And it also allowed me to like validate myself. And it was a big growth experience to see how I put up with it. If I was as true of a friend as I thought I could be, and if I was as good of a teammate in those, those confirmations and the things that I learned I needed to fix, all of that was extremely important to me. One five, before we move off of you, what were some of those things? Why do you think that this process helps illuminate people a little bit better mm -hmm. than maybe experiences you have downrange or maybe even through the pipeline? The amount of time, I know it's only so many days, but the amount of time you spend together, you are together the entire time and you're forced to give each other feedback. You're forced to receive feedback from the cadre and then you're forced to talk about it in no other place. Like even in the team room, you sit around and give each other feedback, but you also know like you don't want to say anything too true or too hurtful to that person or something you think is going to hurt their feelings. And in this experience, you just met those people and you're trying to choose your teammates for the next four five, however many years. So it's the perfect environment to be extremely truthful and to accept that feedback and to work through it together. Yeah, well said, man. And I just want to highlight one thing. I want to foot stomp what you said is in this process, like the peers, you guys get a huge vote on who gets selected here. So in essence, as you're going through, just like 1-5 said, you are picking the teammates um, that you're going to surround yourself with if you get picked up. So. I think that's a very unique environment and I've been to a whole bunch of selection processes and peers usually don't have as big as vote as they do here. And I think that's a strength to our process. So I appreciate that one five, two, three over to you. What is a uh, experience you valued on a personal level and why? Yeah, Charlie two, three <clears throat> on a personal level, I pretty much the, the professional stage that was set just to allow everyone here to showcase what they have. There was no question of what was expected. It was just, Hey, 
<clears throat> here you are now it's time to perform um and then you know being surrounded by those like-minded individuals um exposing each other's blind spots with performance um just push you to the same common goal and i think that was in the times where it was tough like we valued that everyone was here for the right intentions um whether or not they succeeded uh, to the point they need to or not uh, that was super motivating two three comparing to your last selection which was i think in 2017 what are some of the ex parts of the experience that were different um, and I don't even mean from a shocking factor. Just what are some things that stand out to you um, from this one that didn't you didn't have in the past one? I think the biggest thing is the overall beginning of the selection process. The um, just the overall. This is what we expect out of you guys, and the tools and and kind of like almost mentorship of you know you're here for a reason. This is what we're expecting out of you, and this is what we need to see. So going into it, you weren't. There was at no point where you were unclear of how you needed to rise to the occasion, if that makes sense. Um, where where beforehand it was more show up, showcase what you got, but you better know all the answers um, or you're going to be behind some other people. Yeah, good. I appreciate that answer. 4-7, over to you. What parts of the experience did you value on a personal level and why? Charlie, 4-7, uh, what I really valued was finding out what it meant to, to find your limit. Um, I know we talked about, we talk about in the military and we talk about soft all the time about, you know, finding your limit and maximum effort and all that stuff. But, and, I, and I'm not just talking physically, but like also the mental aspect of, you know, going through interviews and, and the various, the various, uh, exercises that we did that pushed you to, to really think outside the box, to really get to your uncomfortable zone. And then realizing that you can just go so much farther than that and also seeing what your buddy's limits were and understanding how they reacted and 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 realizing if, how they are as teammates and all that stuff so finding a limit and realizing what it really was was what i would say is my biggest personal level my biggest personal value four seven i'm going to ask you a follow-up question here because i want to know where was your most uncomfortable moment in those first interviews or maybe the first few events where where did you find yourself most uncomfortable and say what in the world did i get myself into if at all uh, yeah it's my most uncomfortable moment was being a, being a still a relatively young guy within within the community it was figuring out how i fit in a group of some really awesome dudes who are a lot smarter than i was and realizing where my value to that group was uh i you know, I thought, hey, if I have an idea, you know, this could be good. And then realizing it might not have always been the best idea. And then trying to find that balance of how to add to the conversation while not just sitting in the corner and, and doing nothing. So that was probably the toughest part, figuring out in, in that aspect. Uh, so good. I just want to, again, highlight the fact that you don't have to be uber experienced to come here and the events that we're going to put you through everybody wishes they had more experience i always hear it but honestly you can have valuable input to whatever event you're doing if you just just like uh four seven said you just gotta understand the environment and see what you can add to the conversation and add it and i think the difference a lot of times between guys who get picked up and guys who don't or the guys who don't get picked up can't push themselves to try to be that value added in those spaces where their input could have helped the team. So awesome response. Zero two over to you. What are, uh, what parts of the experience did you value on a personal level and why? So for me, it was primarily the feedback from the selection staff and my peers um, that really helped kind of shape and give me a better perspective on exactly how I was performing. I feel like I'm pretty self-aware and understand my strengths and weaknesses fairly well. Um, but what really helped was the fact that the selection staff called me out for pulling my punches on a lot of events um, in in an effort to be perfect. So rather than just show up and just go, you know, go max effort at a product or a, or a project, rather, I would go in there and kind of give it 90% because I knew that I could be successful at 90% and that was going to be good um, in my eyes rather than being not the perfect operator, but the guy that's willing to fail forward, basically. Um, the guy that's willing to go into that room and screw something up, but screw it up doing it at a maximum effort level and at a point where you can be trainable and, and learn something from that objective rather than just do everything successfully every single time. Um, additionally, just like, uh, just like four, seven, just said the rebaselining of a hundred percent was a really fantastic kind of event for me to kind of be rubbed raw, get back down to my core and, and really find my competitive drive again and find a new way to, to win an event or, or even just compete in an event. Uh, it really kind of reshaped my focus again.
Zero two, those are awesome answers, man. So for all the officers out there, and honestly, this stretches across the enlisted as well, but there's a ton of perfectionists out there and a ton of folks in our career fields that haven't failed a lot. Um, if they had, they probably wouldn't be where they are now. So can you put some context to that? Could you dive into the selection piece and just give us an example, maybe from the first few days to where um, you were kind of holding back a little bit and maybe got some of that feedback. Can you go a little bit deeper and just give us the context around one of those events? Absolutely. The biggest point that it got teased out on, and I know I did it previous to this as well, but the, the uh, inflection point we'll say for that was the shoot house problem set. Um, so I would enter into a building and because I was so concerned about doing the SOP correctly or doing that event perfectly per the book um, that we had just kind of studied, I missed simple things like checking my muzzle, walking through the door rather than actually coming up all the way to an engagement um, engagement level. And I was overlooking the small things by thinking ahead to what I thought were larger bits. Um, and it was a repeated problem. So I would do it well in one room uh, and then think about the next room too much and think about how complicated it could be or, or keep my mind kind of behind me and think about how I screwed up the last room and then screw up the same problem again, um, showing a trend that may have looked like a lack of trainability because I was obviously getting corrected by selection staff, but really it was just me overthinking and also underperforming it in fear of, of just outright failing. Yeah, great example. And the only reason I like to highlight that too, because I see a lot of those tendencies in myself and I know a lot of guys that come through are dealing with that same thing too. Um, so that was great. I appreciate you adding some context to that. All right, we're going to go with uh, two, three first on this one. So two, three, let's talk about some preparation uh, because everybody's always wondering what should I do? How much should I do? What kind of mental or physical prep should I do? So looking back at your preparation before arriving, what was your broad strategy and how did it play out at selection this time? Yeah, Charlie, two, three. Yeah, broad strategy, having gone through this before, was <clears throat> I obviously knew that I was going to train my body for what I call just time under tension. You know, how much, for how far, for how long? Uh, where is my where is my 100% leading up to it? Um, and then how do I push past that? Because I know I know I'm going to have to do more and and not sometimes knowing how long it is affects that mental game. Um, so as far as, as train up, it was it was the typical workouts that you usually do. Um, get with your strength coach, work on your strengths, um, try to avoid anything uh, as far as injuries go. Um, and then just get yourself to that point where, man, I know I'm going to taper off this last week. I'm going to show up and man, I'm going to be ready. And I don't know how long it's going to be, but I did everything I could to get there. Um, and then as far as the, the mental side, I think just being self-aware of where you're at and where your motivations are. I think, I think the biggest thing is, is if you're unsure about coming up here, it's going to come out. And that needs to be something that you decide uh, well before you arrive. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I think, you know, a lot of people, they don't understand how to mentally prep. Um, they think it's some kind of mystical thing and you need to do some meditation or some stuff. No, really, you just need to formulate what, what that meaning and the why statement is when you come up because you're going to have to lean on it a bunch. And I think all of us can agree that we had to lean on it at least once or twice throughout the week. So I appreciate that. Two, three, four, seven over to you. Okay. Yeah. So going again from the, from the physical side, from the mental side of, of my prep, I tried with the physical stuff, getting with my strength coach, understanding that he had a process that he believed in and, and the guys previously that had gone through assessment, whether they were successful or not had said, Hey, his, his program will, will get you to where you need to be. Um, but it was also me understanding myself and I, and also knowing what, where I needed to add to some, some stuff and then where I needed to take away from some stuff, just, just because I knew, I knew my body, uh, from the mental side, it was definitely gathering knowledge from things like listening to this podcast or talking to dudes who had been previously, um, and, and just trying, trying to be, trying to be aggressive in that aspect. Um, so because you, you never know what you're going to expect up here, but at least you have some sort of an idea, and that and that seemed to help me a little bit. Charlie, uh, Charlie's over two here. So I was out on deployment until about eight days prior to the uh, start of the selection. I got a call from my squadron commander saying that I was going to redeploy about a week early so that I could make it in time for the selection, which was fantastic. But it gave me about four weeks to prepare. Um, luckily, I've got a large baseline in uh, cardio. So I was a hockey player for most of my life, and, and the legs feed the wolf, as my coaches always told me. So I focused on maintaining that kind of mentality. And then my large baseline and triathlon through college uh, really helped me be confident just in my rucking capability and just the ability to, to sustain throughout. So 
I maintained those by smart and sustainable uh, training program with rucking. And that was based mostly off the program on the 724 website. So I referenced and bounced ideas off the 2-1 uh, STS strength coach, but really focused my efforts on what's on the website. Um, I just found it to be a very sustainable and really smart program that I thought was going to apply directly to what I heard about or thought about selection. On the uh, mental side, I really focused on self-analysis. So I took some time and just kind of got away from from the guys and from the deployment to really kind of dig deep and find out what I feared the most and what I thought I had issues with um, and tried to at least be self-aware. I don't, you know, I don't think anybody can fix that kind of stuff within four weeks, especially in the middle of a deployment and a redeployment, um, but at least be aware of that and understand how to either temper that or just just let it hang out and let let people understand exactly who I am because I figured that's what, uh, that's what the intent of the selection was going to be. Um, on top of the self-analysis, I just reviewed my purpose as to exactly why I, why I wanted to join the organization and read a lot. Um, I read Peak Performance and The Ideal Team Player, which I thought played really, really well into uh, exactly what the future looks like for me as an operator and also what the organization values um, and highly values. I highly recommend that people check out A, your podcast, and then B, everything that's on the website. I think it did a poor job of scrubbing kind of the lower half of the website and really focused on a couple of key points, but there is so much information in there that uh, that any candidate should really be attracted to so you can better understand what's expected as you come up here. There's a couple of things I want to highlight real quick. A, shout out to your officers for your leadership for letting you come back um, and not putting this off for another year because if you miss this one, we're talking the next year's OTC. So freaking outstanding on that. The two books you mentioned are awesome books. Um, I recommend both of those highly. I've read both of those twice already. I love them. And then really on the prep side, if you could go onto the website and adjust anything on that workout, like give us some critical feedback, what should be added or what should be taken away or just give us some feedback on that workout. I think the only thing I would add on to it, and it's very minor, but uh, there's a ton of grip work in there, which I thought was fantastic. And it's done in a really sustainable way. The only thing you don't do is actually grab a jerry can. Uh, and anybody who's ever talked to somebody about selection knows that jerry cans are a huge deal. Uh, and it just feels different. You know, you can pinch plates, you can hold kettlebells, you can hang on a bar, which are all things you're going to end up doing anyways. But uh, it just feels different when you've got that, that water sloshing around, that thing banging against your leg. And it's not the best thing to do every day, but I think it's good to have maybe once a week or once every other week uh, to at least have an experience of carrying that thing for uh, an obnoxious distance. Such good advice. I'll have to ask the coach if he left it out on purpose, but we're not trying to hide anything. But I have a feeling he'll tell me he just didn't want to put it in there because he didn't want to give things away. So anyway, 1-5, round us off. Hi, this is 1-5. I was kind of in the same boat as 0-2. I put my application in while I was deployed. I got picked up to go to selection while I was deployed, and I got home about two weeks before it started. Left me about, when I got accepted, I had about six weeks to get ready which I thought was going to be too short of a time. But up until that point, I'd been training for a 50K. So I'd been putting in like 13 to 15 mile runs a couple times a week. And I'd also been doing a lot of strength workout with like deadlifts at 10 sets of 10, just trying to like make my legs unsmokable per se. But once I did decide to go and I knew I'd be back in time, I talked to my strength coach about what I was missing off of that workout. And that's when I started to focus on like a lot more upper body, a lot of grip strength, a lot of shoulder strength. And by the time I got to assessment, I honestly think I was ready to go. I don't think I could have gotten much better. Well, I'm going to go ahead and stick with you for the follow-up then. And um, and you may have just answered it, but looking back, what's one thing you would have added, whether mentally or physically, before you showed up, knowing what you know now? The hardest thing for me were the sprints and jumping. I had no explosive power because all I was working on was that distance. And it was slightly embarrassing how bad I was at some of those things. So I would have focused. Did you did you at least touch the bottom rung? Did you touch the bottom rung on the vertical jump? I touched it, but I didn't touch much more than the bottom rung of the vertical <laughs> jump. <laughs> I would have liked to touch, you know, like at least five more. It would have made me feel a little bit better about myself. But I just had to brush that one off. Just say I'm saying this jokingly, but after you jumped the first time and we saw how many were hit. All of us just looked at ourselves and laughed a little bit, but it's not surprising, dude. And a, you just came off deployment, so don't be too critical on yourself, right? You you had a strong showing here, so but that's funny. I'm glad we can laugh about some things that you went through. <laughs> All right, over to you, that. two, three. Yeah, so 
<clears throat> hitting the physical, obviously, but the mental side, I, I probably thinking back now, I would have challenged myself a lot more in the out of the box problem solving scenarios. Not necessarily saying like studying Sudoku puzzles or anything, but I think it's important to to work on problem sets maybe outside of our typical AFSC AFSC wheelhouses. Um, just identifying problem and creating solutions, working with different people. Um, and then the methodology that is placed on the website now, and then, you know, using that as your baseline to go through and, and solve some of these problems. Um, a lot of the stuff that we, we obviously know now is not necessarily problem sets that we're familiar with, but <clears throat> if we get hone in that baseline, um, then you're going to be much more successful. And that's something that I wish, I wish I would have spent more time on. Yeah, I'll agree so much there. I appreciate that comment. And just for, because we're bringing military folks here and we're all indoctrinated in the MDMP process, which is really good for code development and things like that. But I'm not scared to put it out there that we're going to push you beyond that sometimes and outside of that. So it's really just understanding the steps of problem solving and making sure you're using that algorithm in the process will help you out tremendously. I appreciate that answer. Four seven over to you. Yeah, Charlie four seven. So when it came to the physical stuff, I definitely for my preparation, I uh, would have liked to do a little bit more of some assault uh, bike. I know that's something that uh, caught everyone out and uh, everyone was definitely hurt in the next day, myself included. I, I think, I think, you know, there's a lot of like, well, if I run, then I'll be good with cardio. But, you know, when, when you bring out the trash cans and four assault bikes, well, you, you knew, <laughs> you knew your life was going to change there for a second. So, uh, that one would have been different, would have would have liked to prep a little bit more on that. But then uh, on the mental side, I would say I, I wanted to I needed to expose myself more to my team back back at my home unit and let them let me fail. And then so that I could be better. Um, you know, I, I tried to be like, well, I was really good at this, so I'm going to stick in my lane and practice this stuff, but without stepping outside too much. And uh yeah, I would I would have pushed myself a little bit more to, to failure with my team. I'm laughing so hard at the at the assault bike reference. I'm not going to go into what we expect of you when you get here, but it will be a life changing event. There's no doubt. And I myself, I don't care what I train. When I get on that thing, it sucks no matter what. So it's, it's a brutal event. So over to you, zero two. Charlie Zero Two here. So I would say primarily mentally focus on the attributes on the website, like I referenced in the last question. I did a poor job of really digging into everything on the website because I was so focused on just trying to catch up and and, uh, and basically just make it in time. Um, but there is so much information on that website from mental prep to the attributes to a reading list um, that those are all things I think candidates should really be or anybody really interested in what the organization values should be digging into right away so that they understand if they fit that mold and if not, what can they do to to help shape themselves into that mold or, or maybe just to um, better leverage their strengths and really show that they, that they want to be here, show that they want to be a part of the organization. Um, so that was the biggest thing. Physically, I thought overall I was very ready for selection based on that program that's on the website, um, but maybe a little bit more expl explosive power and, and um, explosive endurance type of, uh, type of stuff just so I could take over the hill and, and catch up to some of these beasts that were out here just running up the hill with two jerry cans in their hand. Yeah, perfect. I love, love that answer. Um, I'm going to go off script a little hit, bit here, fellas, and just ask you, because we keep talking about those attributes. So I just want to give the audience a little bit of context. Zero Two, I want to start with you. The morning that we all sat in the classroom and I gave you guys an introduction brief and we harped on the attributes and then the expectations. And then you guys heard attributes about every second the entire time you were here. Go back to that introduction brief, Zero Two, and just what's going through your head right then? Because the feedback I get from most people is that isn't what I expected. Um, so just walk us through what was in your mind as that brief was winding down and a selection was about to start. Yeah, it wasn't what I expected. This is Charlie Zero too, by the way, but it was not what I expected really at all. Um, a lot of things are kind of shrouded in mystery at least. And, and I think people expect everything to kind of just be this deep, dark secret. And then at the end they reveal like, Hey, you didn't make the cut basically, or you did make the cut. Um, and you guys opening up and just explaining exactly how to be successful by being um, by being an exemplar of those five attributes and also by being someone who's not afraid to fail and to just come expose themselves, be open and vulnerable to the process really made me feel like it was a, a fair shake. It's just it's just evaluating you for who you are and who you are as a teammate. And then what comes out is 
is you know a result that means that you fit the organization or you don't. Um, it tied really well into that book that we talked about earlier, The Ideal Team Player, where they explain that you know a solid organization should live and breathe by its values and make it very uncomfortable for someone who does not fit the values. And I thought that was a really nice tie-in between a book I had literally just put down the day before coming here and exactly what you expressed right out front. Yes, if you haven't listened to his podcast, I always screw his last name of his Pat Lincioni or something like that, but that guy is amazing. So anybody listening out there, if you're not going to that podcast, um, you're already missing out. So one five over to you. What were you, what was going through your head as that introduction brief was winding down and you were about to start selection? I I was shocked, really, that I'm like, are they really giving us the answers to the test right now? And I was still on guard. It took me a little it took me a long time, I think, to actually let my guard fully down and actually be open to the process. But once it clicked, I kept thinking back to that brief for the rest of it. And I'm like, this is, I used it as my reference in my frame for every problem that we went through. And I think it was awesome that you gave it up front. And my recommendation to people listening to this would be that brief is the answers and you should not be on guard. You should listen to it, take notes on it and prepare yourself for the rest of selection off of it. because. I had to come out of it and it, I wasted a day or two of showing the cadre who I really was because I had my guard up and I was like, I don't want to mess up. They're going to smoke me. They're going to yell at me. And in that brief, you said, we're going to treat you like people. We're not here to yell at you. We're not here to challenge. Well, you're here to challenge us, but you're here to guide us through the experience and the process and see how we look off of those core like personality traits that you're looking for. And instead I took it as, I don't want to mess up. I don't want to get yelled at. I don't want to get smoked. So it just took a while. I would open up and listen to that. Yeah, I just want to foot stomp. You said that better than I could say at 1-5, so I appreciate that. I think another way I would say this is the faster that you can just lean in and trust the process, the better look we're going to get of you and the better decision we can make, which is going to go in your favor either way, right? So you can attain max growth if you will trust the process quicker, and it's hard we all been through another selection process at some point. I've been through several, and I'm a gamer, man. I think somebody's playing a game with me at all times, and I'm trying to cheat the system. <laughs> I'm just asking for people to come in and believe what we say up front because we are here for you. Um, selection decision is a byproduct of what we do. Um, really, this is about the growth of everybody. So over to you, 2-3. Yeah, Charlie, 2-3. <laughs> I agree with Charlie, 1-5. I, I think the biggest thing – for me, it was that it, it centered your focus in the beginning because you have all these assumptions <clears throat> of what it's going to be like, stories you've heard, um, and then it can kind of get the best of you. But when you're given the attributes of, hey, this is not what everyone's going to possess, but this is what this organization is asking you to have, I think it centers your focus at the beginning. And then, you know, taking notes and gaining feedback, it provides that center line. And now you're applying your feedback to where you fall on those attributes. And it's easy to then stay focused. So if I am lacking in one area in problem solving, how do I fix that? And then it centers my focus to my weakness. And then next time, hopefully I don't make that same weakness. And it's just this kind of round robin attempt at, at trying to do the best you can at all five attributes. Love it, great answer, appreciate it. Over to you, four seven. But for seven, yeah, so initially when, when the attributes got put up on the board and you told us, hey, this is what we're looking for, this is how you're going to be successful, initially I had the same feelings that uh, Charlie15 did and how you just said, Mr. Free, you know, how you're a gamer. Like, I, I thought the same thing. I was like, well, this is cool, but there's there's something else to this. And then it was maybe a slide or two after. That was my initial thought. And then it was maybe a slide or two after, and it was part of your closing brief. You said, hey, trust the process. And that carried with me throughout all of assessment was, hey, man, we're, we're doing this thing in the hotel or we're doing this exercise, but it's for a purpose and it's for a reason. And you figured out very quickly what each exercise was trying to draw out of you in terms of the attributes. And so you just knew, hey, there's a process to this and I'm going to put myself on the stage and this is what it's going to be. So, yeah, I like what all of y'all are saying there. It's, the faster you trust, the more energy you have to demonstrate those five attributes and grow. And yeah, absolutely. All right. So I'm going to push y'all a little bit more right here. 
um, on day one, at the end, y'all had to stand up and introduce yourself and, and reveal what your biggest fear about coming to selection was. So 1-5, I'm going to start with you. And if y'all would, just share what you said was your biggest fear as you introduce yourself to your other 35 candidates. My biggest fear, oh, this is Charlie 1-5. My biggest fear coming into this election would be, I believe I said, for failing, for not being myself, but for hiding my true self in fear of like, not meeting the qualities that you were looking for whereas i should have just been myself the entire time and like we just talked about my biggest trouble was being myself in the first couple of days and actually opening up to the experience so i feel like i overcame my fear once i started allowing the process to take hold and going through each event the way that it should have gone through it one five let me ask you a follow-up here um in your daily life in your personality the way it is uh, do you have, does it take you a little bit longer to warm up to people when you meet them? Like explain that. So I'm just trying to build a little context for the audience of why maybe one five would come in and be a little more guarded than maybe some others. Yeah, it takes me a while to grow onto people. I usually like, I'll meet somebody, I'll assess them, and then I'll figure out if I want to be their friend or not. And that's not the way to come into this. It's not, but it's good. Like we all deal with our own personality so your personality is going to try to blend in with this process that we're running and for you it took a little bit longer for me it will probably take a little bit longer my high introvertedness um it takes me a little longer to blend so i get it man so i appreciate you pushing through it because if you didn't you wouldn't be sitting here having an interview with me right now um so i'm glad you were successful at that over to you two three charlie two three the uh I think the easiest way, and obviously I was in a different boat as this was my second assessment, was just denying my assumptions of, <clears throat> hey, did, is this what happened last time? Maybe I didn't get feedback on this. I know I've been working at this for four years. I took the feedback. Um, how do I apply it? Just denying that that kind of thought process of, am I, am I going to be showing them what they need to see this time? And then... Uh, I just shifted the focus onto, man, I'm just going to attack every, like you said in, in your one podcast, every one meter target. Like that's my chance. And then if I get through that one and they don't remove me, I'm moving on to the next one. Um, so my biggest fear was just staying focused on putting all my energy into every single event. And then I knew if I didn't do that, then I was going to come up short. Awesome. Thanks. Four, seven. I mean, yeah. So my biggest fear was, not knowing something I should know or I thought I should know and embarrassing like my team or myself when it came to something that we were doing. Um, cause, cause I had, I had the wrong attitude initially, which was like, Hey, this is going to be all these skills and I'm going to have to know all of these things. And if I don't know it, well then man, that's going to look terrible on me. And then initially, and then again, we went to that intro brief and walking out of that room, it was like, well, this isn't about that. This is about the attributes on the board. This is about the the projects that you're going to put in front of us. And so it has nothing to do with how much you knew or how much you didn't know. It was it was about can you can you like you mentioned blend into that environment, and then attack each each event with just maximum effort and focus. I know the people out there. They're probably like, "What in the hell are y'all talking about?" Because they didn't go through the experience, right? They haven't had it. So as you listen to it. Zero two. I want to get your answer, but I also want you to, at the end of your answer, if you can, hopefully this isn't too much, but um, from what you heard about, how did that mix in? So I want your biggest fear right now, but I also want to know how did this, like what you heard on the podcast and then bam, you're in it. What's the difference? Like make that make sense to the people who can't understand what we're talking about right now. Absolutely. Charlie zero two. So I entered with a giant fear of my own self self-doubt and self-critical nature. Um, and I talked to the guys about how I will spiral myself down into a deep, dark hole of just hating myself over screwing something really stupid up that you can absolutely interdict and just stop the process by just accepting the failure and then moving on from it. But I have a really hard time doing that in my constant pursuit of just being the successful per perfectionist that I want to be. Um, and I briefed that up front and then it happened during selection. So um, hearing just like we just heard from 4-7, hearing you know guys talk about um, a short-term memory or like two, three talked about with a one meter target. It's tough to understand and comprehend from just listening to a podcast. But for those guys listening to this right now, there are events literally every single hour and none of them tie into the previous ones, except for the fact 
that you're the only constant inside of those events. So you're the one that either carries that failure with you or leaves it in the past and just takes its takes its critical feedback and then uses it against the next the next problem set. So um, that would be my biggest recommendation and the way to relate to that. So for me, it was I knew that I was going to hate myself over something and really just beat myself up internally. And we can talk about that if we get to the you know the darkest moment during selection. And I'll explain it a bit more there. But being willing to uh, accept that and then accept the fact that in one hour or even less time, there will be an entirely new event with an entirely blank sheet in front of you. And you either capitalize on it by learning from your previous mistakes or you don't. And you continue carrying that issue out through the rest of selection. Yeah, I, I don't think anybody can capture it any better than what you just did. And for the audience, something I've never talked about are the evaluators for this. Um, the evaluators stay with you guys the entire time. Um, some of some of the candidates told me they didn't really even know who their evaluators were, but the same people were there every day um, staring and learning behavior and learning how you react and giving you feedback from one scenario. And just like Zero Two said, the same guys are at the next event looking for you to apply that feedback and let the last event go, which for guys like us is not easy. Um, that's not in our DNA. So well said. We are moving to the biggest fear, the darkest moment right now. And 1-5, we're going to start with you. Um, I don't know why I want to start with you, but this should be entertaining. So 1-5, going through selection, what was the darkest moment? Where were you the deepest in the pit? And what did you do to pull yourself out of it? Mr. Charlie, 1-5, my, my darkest moment. I think I really had two, I had two moments that I contemplate being the darkest. And one of them was my conversation with you when i came out of shoe house and i had to go sit down in that room with you and you were giving me my feedback and i was like going into that room i knew that was going to make or break selection for me so i was trying to get myself hyped and on my a game and it was the darkest moment before but after you and i worked through that whole process and we had our long conversation i left there feeling better about myself but then i went straight from there to the truck and on that ruck, I was just like thinking and thinking about that conversation. I'm like, did I say what I wanted to say? Was he actually meaning he wanted me to do this and I never did it? And I just constantly thought about that. And then to pull myself out of it, I'm like, this is exactly what he wants. And I'm not going to let him win. I'm going to like complete this ruck. I'm not going to let him get in my head. And then every time I saw you after that, I just wanted to talk to you. I wanted to be like, hey, I forgot to say this. I forgot to say that. Like... It actually ended up motivating me more than most other things. All right, two, three, over to you. Yeah, I would say definitely the the feedback that you receive at the end, uh, right before you go into the field phase. I think that is definitely um, some challenging feedback for, and it has its purpose. I think I think it's twofold as well because is what comes after that. I would say the final phase is the darkest phase. Um, you know, after the after the first long walk you're you're changing your socks your feet are hurting and you just know you just know man like this just started and i need to perform and i need to take that feedback which shows the lack of performance and and step up and and i would say um it's methodical and and i i see the point of it absolutely um but just knowing that there is no end in sight and you now have to perform at a level to make up for your lack of performance before to then prove that you're here and that you belong here uh, was definitely the hardest point. Since this was your second time two through, just walk us through how that day was. A long walks over, you're going through some other stations, but you know what's coming. Um, how do you how do you reconcile that in your head? How do you let it go or can you let it go or because uh, you know one of the worst events you've ever done in your life is about to happen again. So what was going through your mind that day? Yeah, absolutely. There's there's a lot of things going through my mind that day. I think I think the way I focused it was, you know, it's an opportunity to come out here. It's not like a it's not a privilege. You know, it's it, I was selected to first come out here. I then got another opportunity. Uh, that's it. So uh, I got to get my thoughts together. I got to get my motivation in check. And I need to leave it all on the table. Like there can be nothing left after this. So I think just centering my focus to, I have one shot to prove myself. Um, that's kind of how I stayed distracted by knowing what was coming and, and just the pain that was going to come with it. So, yeah, I love it. All right. Four, seven over to you. 
Yeah, Charlie four seven. So my darkest moment was definitely that that feedback prior to the field phase, and it it, it was dark because. I went in there and initially the first thing was, how do you think you're performing based on the attributes? And I said, you know, I think I'm doing well based off of this, this and my drive. And I was not expecting him to take what I thought was my greatest strength and turn it into my greatest weakness. And that was a complete blindside to me because previously, you know, through feedback, the guys had told me my weak my weaknesses were X, Y, and Z. And I was like, you know, I, I was just like, you're wrong. Like, this is no, but then I, then I initially, when I left there, I, I talked to Charlie two, three and he, he told me, he was like, Hey brother, like, this is, this is how it is. Like, and you've got a long event coming up and use it as motivation. And, and I definitely did. Uh, Cause the last thing that I, I did before I walked out of actually that feedback was, you know, he told me, he said, Hey, you know, prove me wrong. And so I used that, um, to come to come through what was a, about to be the darkest physical moments for the next 36 48 hours that like really just dug you into a hole and you had to you had to use it and then pull out so over to you zero two <laughs> i don't uh i don't know what he thought when i walked in the door for that interview but it was the same i have the same dark experience as these guys did um but i walked in that door absolutely furious with myself because at that point i would i had just had maybe an hour and a half of watching guys come out of this, this feedback session and seeing the, the depressed look on their face and the fear in their eyes. And I knew exactly what was coming. I knew exactly what he was going to say. So I just went in there and ran the whole interview for him, basically. Um, I don't know if the psychologist thought I was going to do that right off the bat or if DS was ready for that. But I basically just sat down, waited for him to look at me and said, like, all right, sir, my issues are I am not being assertive enough. I am, uh, I am focusing too much on the past. I am thinking too much into the future and I have not given you hundred percent so far. So that's what I'm, you know, effing up for lack of a better term and just let him kind of follow out and see, you know, see where the questions came back. Really no questions. He was basically just like, what are you going to do to change it? And the answer is well, to, to live in the present moment and drive forward and show you my best effort. Um, so that, that super dark moment, I allowed myself to really ruminate on it because I knew we had roughly an hour before the next thing was going to start. <clears throat> and that next thing was the info ruck. And I just demolished my body on the info ruck basically as a, a pain cleanse more or less to, uh, to really like prove myself and try and win that thing. And then, uh, and then end up like on the backside of that as a new man inside a selection and really take that opportunity to capitalize. So, um, it was a dark moment, but it really helped me kind of like recage, allowed myself to get super pissed off and then use that to kind of push on into the future, the rest of the, uh, the rest of the third phase. Y'all don't understand how much I appreciate those answers. Um, the dark, it's it's hard to quantify when you're the guy watching the process. You kind of invented the process. Uh, I just want the audience to know and guys who are going to come up here in the past, we don't really play games in that interview. We're trying to give you the reality of the, the situation. So I hope all of all four of you really felt as you walked out of there or at least kind of knew where you were. It sounds like you did because that next day is kind of like two, three said the next day really, I mean, it means a ton. Like for most of you, it was the what comes next is what solidified it in our mind. So really good answers to those. That's my favorite question um, of all time, I think. And your answers really, um, I think, hopefully highlighted and illuminated some things for some folks listening and plan on coming up here. Uh, this may have already been answered, but let's run the gambit anyway. Two, three, we're going to start with you. What did you feel like your biggest weakness was from the first event when we started here in the hotel all the way to the end of Xville? Um, what was that weakness and how did you deal with it? Charlie two, three here. <clears throat> I think the biggest, uh, the biggest weakness was definitely communication as far as not only individually, but you gotta utilize the guys around you. Um, we're coming from different backgrounds, different experience levels. And, and, and how do we, how do we best communicate and, and all get on the same page? Cause we don't have a lot of time. Once, once it start, there's not a whole lot of time. This isn't, this isn't like deliberate mission planning where, where you have days to to kind of hash this out. We need to get to the root of the problem and we need to disseminate the information so that everyone's on the same exact page. And, and I would say, you know, even even that going into something as simple as the, the kettlebell uh, problem solving scenario, um, it really highlights when you have a certain amount of time, how do you take what the whole team needs or what you need to identify and then, and how do you get everyone on the same on the same field? So, um, to me, it's something that I continue to struggle with. It's self-identified. Um, however, 
there are a lot more um, tools that I have in, in the tool shed now um, as far as um, the failures and the examples that I was given and, and specifically the feedback. You know, I was brought in that one, one day, what do you think you did wrong? I said exactly what it was. Okay, so what are you doing to fix it? And it was like, man, uh, yeah, I need to, I need to be a little bit more deliberate. And I'm not saying that your effort is always wrong. Like we're putting 100% effort in um, sometimes to, to try to figure out how to best improve ourselves. But that's not enough. Is is the effort that I'm putting into this, um, this shortfall? Is it streamlined enough? Or am I wasting it on other places? So <clears throat> I definitely think that that was challenging and I learned a lot. I appreciate it, two, three, four, seven, over to you. My biggest weakness, and I, and I mentioned it previously, was finding the balance between what I could offer to a group of individuals who knew more than I did on the subject and, and finding like, how can, I, how can I help without just sounding like an idiot? How can I how can I help you know move the ball forward um, without just doing anything dumb and and so I was probably a little too quiet in in that aspect because because I was afraid to to step outside that but then I realized um, after the the darkest moment um, interview feedback session that like hey it was it's okay to to step outside there and and put yourself out there for feedback and put yourself out there for that, for that grilling that like undoubtedly was going to come from the cadre. And, and then that's when I had my light bulb moment of like, Hey, they're evaluating me either way. So I might as well just, if I'm going to make a mistake, I'm going to make a mistake going full bore. So that's my, that was my biggest weakness was finding that balance there. Uh, I appreciate that though. It's hard. It's not easy to come on here and reveal your weaknesses. Uh, but I think this process helps helps you grow and realize that, man, turning those weaknesses into strengths is you got to illuminate it. You got to throw it out there or it's just going to keep hiding in the shadows. Over to you, Zero Two. Zero Two here. So my greatest weakness, I think, throughout, and it kind of came up in that interview, was uh, assertiveness. And it's not that I'm not a directive, assertive person. It's just that I, I tend to play nice with people, especially people that I respect and being the eighth officer on this team. Um, and being also like number two to two other officers between the larger, the larger task org we had and the smaller team that I fell underneath. I was constantly afraid to just step out and step on somebody's toes uh, because they had that one position and they were the ones that were supposed to be making um, decisions. And, and for the most part, they did a really good job. So finding my role and finding the ways to be the assertive, aggressive person that I normally am without really like pissing off people that are my friends and people that I have known from the past was extremely challenging for me. Um, I would see things go wrong or th see things coming wrong and not just accept it, but really try and pull them to the side where it needed an interdiction right at that time. Because uh, a lot of things that happen next to the election happen really fast. They don't happen, you know, over a period of time where you have time to coach and mentor people like I really, uh, I think I'm pretty skilled at doing. But uh, here you need to just be willing to step out, do it in a correct way or in a very professional way, but just step out, interdict that problem. And then coach them back later or, or mentor them back later and make sure that you keep that relationship in check. Um, but doing that, you know, finally after that interview, I learned that I could do that very aggressively, but use my interpersonal skills to make it a soft blow rather than a, you know, like, hey, I'm going to take over because you're sucking right now. None of that was ever true. Um, and I never wanted it to come off that way, but it's just something I needed to work through. Yeah. Awesome answer. I love that. And eight officers coming through one selection. It's almost impossible as a guy running it to spread that load out evenly. And then y'all are in this weird quagmire. And I just want to throw out there for the officers and zero two, feel free to comment on this too. I want to throw out there for them when you're living in the hotel or in the barracks or wherever we're going to be in the future. Um, you know, there's certain things expected of you, but we're going to set some intent for you up front as we did. But when it's event time and you're in any kind of leadership position, it's time It's go time. Like that's the time to shine. And I'll relate it kind of to combat, if you will. Like when you're back in garrison or whatever and you're planning, uh, the officer's kind of involved, but really people know what they should be doing, right? When you're on the objective, man, it's, t it's go time. Like it's time to lead and it's time to account for people and account for things and do your mission. So that's kind of the way we look at it too. We know we're not going to get a good look at you in those down times. So when those event times happen, you got to be ready to step up and understand your role. Any thoughts on that, Zero Two? No, I'll just parakeet that last point that you, have, you only have a few opportunities to really step out and show your, show your leadership style and show that you're capable of doing this. Um, so you really have to capitalize on it when you're an officer or even an NCO, in my opinion, during the selection event as well, uh, especially a senior NCO. 
um, that you've got those few opportunities, you really have to capitalize on them when they're available. Yeah, absolutely. All right, 4-7, over to you. So if you could have one event to go back and do over, which one would it be and why? 4-7, if I had to go back and do one event, it would be the individual mission planning event um, because we had a decent amount of time to get that event done and we had other stuff going on. But I got sucked into my plan and I was like, this is my plan. And no matter what part of my brain, I'm sticking to this. And I researched what I thought was enough, clearly was not enough. And I walked in there um, and I just got completely blindsided by what uh, what the GFC, the, the guy playing the GFC said to me. And I was, I was like, well, I woefully underprepared for this event. And uh, if I could redo the next, the last hour, I would. Um, but in the end, yeah, it was it was a good learning experience because I understood. Okay, this is the level of preparation that's going to be needed through throughout the rest of the stuff. Awesome, appreciate that. Zero two. I would redo the team planning event that happened during the field phase. Um, it was a purely academic scenario, and it was something that was well outside the wheelhouse of most wheelhouse of uh, most people at the selection or inside of our little team environment. So it forced a lot of creative problem solving and the ability to think outside of MDMP, think outside of TLPs and just come up with a good idea. Um, and I think that because I, over the past two years, have focused so hard on TLPs, MDMP and following that planning doctrine that I've lost sight of what I value as engineering problem solving uh, capability. And I just completely blew that off. And we just went down the rabbit hole of following the eight steps and following the checklist and, and uh, stuck with that hard instead of really you know, stick into framing the problem first and then identifying, you know, holistically what is all around that. What are the circumstances that are all around that before attacking it with a solution? Beautiful answer. I appreciate that. One five, what you got? Ben, or this is Charlie one five. The event that I would go back and redo would probably be that initial interview. I was really amped up to go in there and I'm like, I'm going to own this. I'm going to do a great interview. I walk in there, I see four people in the room and I instantly shut down. And halfway through the interview, they were like, Explain to us why you're so nervous. This is just a nice interview. We just want to get to know you. Why are you freaking out? And then I had to give them like, I'm not good at interviews. Like you're in here and you own my future. And that's like freaking me out a little bit. And then after we actually had that conversation, I got back into the interview and I was able to handle a little bit more, but I'd rather go into that room without having to have that conversation and like gain my composure a little bit better. Build it. I'm going to stay with you for a second, one five, because we have this conversation behind the scenes, um, whether it's people visiting and not understanding how much stress that event can cause, right? Because we try to reduce it before you go in there um, by what you listen to before you go in. But what you said just stuck out to me. And that's what I try to tell people. I mean, this is people's life here. If they really want to come up here, this first chance to um, talk to the cadre members or evaluators, like explain why that's stressful to you. I don't want to put words in your own mouth. It's so stressful because you're meeting the people that you're going to be working with later and you want to have a really good first impression. And then you walk in that room and they show zero emotion. And like you're trying to talk about some like really important, like big aspects of your life and give them an idea of who you are. And it's just a dead stare back. And I was like, I'm not getting anywhere with these people. Like they think I'm stupid right now. And it's like... These people are going to tell the person that's going to hire you what kind of person you are. And just, it caught me off guard. And I was embarrassed when I left that room and I was pretty frustrated about it. That's good feedback for us too. Cause I'll be honest with you, man, that isn't the intent to get blank stares back. So DS, if you're listening to this, you owe me different next time. All right. On to <laughs> two, three. I would just say the same scenarios as sir, the, <clears throat> the field mission planning scenario. I think that if I go back, you know, it's an interesting balance here as far as individual performance as well as team performance. And sometimes, you know, the saying of, you know, you got too many chiefs and not enough Indians, you know, that can come to play and that can, that can kind of harm a team. And then you also don't want to highlight someone who's necessarily missing what they should be doing because you know what they're here for. They're here because they want to work at the organization and you don't want to be that guy. I think where we fell into that was when we got off what the initial, what the intent of the overall mission was and when we got sidelined. And I would just say that the focus always has to shift back onto what the mission is. Like no one's opinions, no one's feelings. Hey, we're a way off base. Um, we need to come back to this regardless of what rank they are. 
And, and I think that um, a lot of people, including myself in that room, recognized it. However, we did not step up and focus on fixing the scenario, which was completing the mission. And what did that in turn do? Overall mission failure. And, and why are people's opinions or feelings getting in the way of the mission? Um, and that, that was a huge, that was a huge learning opportunity. I appreciate that. That was just so well said. All right, guys, this is the last question. So first I could do this all day, but man, I'm going to give you all some, some of your day back and I'm gonna go home and see my wife for like the second time in a long time. So what's one thing. So a guy's going to come through. Let's just imagine this. Let's set it this way. You're on a stage and you're talking to all the future people that are going to come through this process. What's something they can focus on to really help them achieve success when they get here? And we're going to start with zero two to round it off. Probably zero two here. I would say someone that comes to this selection for this organization and someone even thinking about coming to this organization really has to understand who they are and be willing to be self-critical. Um, in addition, they need to be able to live in the present moment. And I think those two are very intertwined. Um, so I have a tendency to not be able to live in the, in the present moment, but I'm extremely self-aware. So I'd struggle with that, with that first bit. Um, I think someone being able to, being able to analyze exactly what they're doing wrong or what they have screwed up in the past, accept it, and then go right into the next, the next step of the process, which is to fix it right away by, by making it better on the very next process or the very next project that you're working on, uh, will make you very successful in coming up here, or at least give you the shot to make it onto the bus, as you guys were saying this week give you the shot to make it through the end of the week and let you make the decision as to whether you're the right fit or not. Charlie 1-5, piggybacking off of zero one or zero two, I would, you really need to know who you are and confirm that you know who you are. So one thing I would be is to ask feedback from your teammates before you come up here, possibly like a month or two, and then identify your weaknesses and then try to work on them. So you positively know who you are and you know where your weaknesses are. So when you get up here, it's not a surprise to you. And it's not something that's out of left field that you're going to struggle with the entire time. Appreciate that, man. Two, three. Charlie, two, three. <clears throat> These are not my words. However, I believe, I believe the best thing to focus on is just have a deliberate focus on collective success. Because when it gets stressful, if you're just thinking about yourself, you're going to internalize a lot of things. You may be racking and stacking yourself. And that's just going to create a hole. You're going to start going down that hole. Your performance is going to go down. Uh, I think the biggest thing um, for all the guys talking today was, you know, the focus was on, yes, their performance, but the overall collective success of everyone around them. And that kind of gets you, when, when things are getting hard, it kind of gets you distracted, right? Because now you're worried about, is that guy having enough water? Does, does he have enough food? Is, is he all right? Like, um, did he bring enough tape to tape up his foot? And and it kind of, it takes you out of fighting yourself. I see it every time on Xville. When the pain hits, you got the guys who are just sitting there inside their pain and the guys who are getting up and going to try to take care of other people, uh, maybe to be a good teammate, but also, like you said, just refocus where, where your attention and your awareness is, really gets you outside of that pain cave and focused on something healthy. So love it. It, man um four seven round us off charlie four seven so i would say you have to understand that you have to have a relentless pursuit of a goal but it's not a relentless pursuit of a goal of you know i want to join the two four it's like what everyone else has said about understanding yourself that has to be your goal um prior to coming up here and, and like you mentioned mr free it's like seeking out that critical feedback but also pushing back on your teammates when they don't give you the feedback that you want um because everyone's everyone's afraid to to sort of make someone feel bad and you have to push back on your teammates and if you have to bring out the attributes and have them give you feedback to those attributes sure do that but like the feedback needs to be critical so that when you're here you're not discovering blind spots or you're not discovering more blind spots that um you you potentially didn't know that you had uh so just flushing out all of those possible issues prior to coming up it makes it easier because then you're able to just focus on why you're here and attacking every event with maximum effort and 100 man what y'all revealed right there i hope it helps other people but man it helps me understand the process a lot better too because as the guy running it 
I just need to know what the guys are going through. Um, and really it isn't so I can tweak and torture people better so I can create more growth opportunities and, um, moments to where you can reflect on who you are as a human being and an operator better. So I appreciate y'all spending the time with me for this. Um, it has been outstanding and really, honestly, I have enjoyed spending the last 10 days with all of you and you four are definitely unique and that's why you're on the podcast and I appreciate it guys. Yeah, so thanks so much for the opportunity. I, uh, I'm just really grateful to have the opportunity the last 10 days. And uh, if anybody's even thinking about the process, dig deep, look inside yourself and definitely give it an opportunity or give it a shot in your mind. It is so worth it by the time you get through the 10 days here. Absolutely. This is easily the most humbling experience that anyone can ever go through. And it's uh, it's the most humbling experience to get on the bus at the end of at the end of Xville, realizing that you were just with some amazing people. So I really appreciate the opportunity to talk and go through the podcast with you, but also this entire event to me is what I like to refer to as type two fun. It's pretty miserable while you go through it, but it's really fun to talk about and relive after you're done with it. So I appreciate that. Yeah, specifically, I appreciate the feedback. You know, I appreciate the professional process and I also appreciate the effort um, just to look into every single candidate here and then be able to provide the feedback at a personal level. And then, you know, Mr. Free, someone would be struggling and you knew something from their background that you would throw at them. And just the, just the amount of effort that that takes in to show, like that just shows, you know, that just shows how important it is uh, to you guys. And I think, I think that was a huge, that was a huge uh, benefit coming through. I appreciate those words from all of you. And, um, just so the audience knows what happens now. So they wake up tomorrow, the guys who were selected, they go um, get sized at our supply section to um, for when they get here, so all their kits ready for them. And the guys who didn't get selected, me and one of our operational sites are gonna sit down with each and every one of them and give them feedback so they can hopefully find more growth as they leave here. So guys, it's been awesome, appreciate it. Um, man, I can't wait to get y'all up here and get y'all in OTC and start moving forward.